Live with CDP, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast, live on YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter, and on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Now here's your host, Chris Palme. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Live with CDP Sports Talk uh, on this Wednesday, December 21st, 2022, Season 5, Episode 9. Again, Live with CDP Sports Talk is brought to you by Barry Cullen Chevrolet, 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out barrycullen.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles or give them a call at 519-824- 0210 and tell them aka cdp chris pommy i sent you down there as well and also guys uh, you can now do pre-orders for the oil electric silverado and the oil electric cadillac lyric as well again i want to say thank you to barry collin chevrolet here in guelph for sponsoring live with cdp sports talk and uh, good morning everybody and i hope everyone's doing well and i'm looking forward to my guest today her name is kelly tyen Hopefully I pronounced that right. She is a master transformation coach for women in faith, fitness, and mindset. She's also the uh, host of her own podcast show, Addicted to the Climb, and she just wrote a book recently as well. So I'm just going to bring on my guest, Kelly, this morning, and I look forward to speaking to her. Good morning, Kelly. How are you? Good morning, Chris. I'm great. How are you doing? Not too bad. I hope I had your last name right. You did. It is Tyan, just like Ryan. Ryan. Okay. Okay, because I, I always try to pride myself on getting my guest's uh, name right, because I've been on other podcasts in the before, and they got my name wrong, and they didn't even bother asking me how to pronounce it. So I always make sure with my guests, I, I try to get the names right. Yes, I appreciate that. So how are you doing today? I am great. Just getting ready for the holidays, finishing my last few things, and um, I'm feeling pretty good going into this, to the weekend. Do you find Christmas is still the same as it used to be? Or I just, I, I still like Christmas, but I, it just seems like it's not like it used to be, in my opinion. Well, the only reason why I can agree with you is because my kids are older and it's just different. I shouldn't say it's not as fun, but of course, when they believe in Santa, yes. that's the magic. it's the magic part of Christmas and now that they don't believe, because my son is 16, he's my youngest, my daughter is 23, it's just, like you said, it's different, but it is just as exciting. I love I love Christmas. It's my favorite time of year, celebrating the birth of Jesus and just all the gratitude that comes along with that. So I try to keep my family, I have my house decorated. I mean, you should see it. It's like winter wonderland over here, so... Awesome. Now, for, for for me, I find it helps to have snow on the ground. I know it, some people don't like snow, but for me at Christmas time, I find the snow helps and it adds mm-hmm. to the Christmas lights that people have out. I agree. And I just said this morning to my family, I'm really bummed out that we're not getting snow this year because a white Christmas just definitely, it's a game changer. Everything is better, more beautiful with that white snow. But yeah, we're, we're, it's going to skip us this year. So, where are you exactly in the states? I'm in uh, near Toronto, outside of Toronto. I am in Massachusetts, outside of Boston, about thirty minutes outside of Boston, Central Mass. Okay, awesome. Uh, we're supposed to get a blizzard and bad weather here this weekend, so uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad I'm not going too far, and uh, I'll just enjoy the Christmas day and have my Christmas meal and three NFL games on. And uh, <laughs> I, I've seen a lot of my friends the last couple of weeks, so I don't have a big family, but uh, I, I think it'll be a nice uh, day for us. And uh, you know what? I'm okay with it snowing and and that because I won't be driving too far on the weekend. Perfect. Sounds great. Do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Christmas movie and Christmas Oh, yes. Song. I, Buddy the Elf is my favorite. I laugh every time I watch that movie. That I laugh the same way as if I never saw the movie. <laughs> so I don't know if many people are like that, but I love that movie. I do love Chevy Chase. Christmas Vacation is my second favorite. And 
the Christmas songs, oh man, I've been listening to them since thanks, since they started on the radio. I love Christmas music so much. I really always go back to the Mariah Carey Christmas album. Yeah. That, that's a staple here, but I really love all the songs. I love Last Christmas. That's probably my favorite. As for Christmas movies for myself, uh, Christmas Vacation and Home Alone 1 and 2 are my favorite Christmas movies. Yes, I love those too. Definitely. And as for Christmas uh, music, I don't have a particular favorite. There are some that I like more than others, but um, like I said, I think the closer it gets to Christmas, I'll probably get more in the spirit. And one thing too, Kelly, I wanted to talk to you about, what I love like about the Christmas aspect, there are some negatives to it, but it is when people are giving back and doing kind acts. And mm. for me, that's what Christmas should be, is giving back and doing nice things for other people. I couldn't agree more. That's what I try to teach my children, that it's not about getting, it's really about giving. And actually every year, I take one of my kids, whoever is around, and I try to grab a few of those Visa gift cards and just hand them to a cashier, hand them to the gross, you know, the person doing my groceries. That's the best part of Christmas. It's so grat it, it, the gratitude I have to do that and seeing them take the gift. It's just an amazing transaction that happens. And that's, is nothing better than giving. So I agree. Personally, I'm very lucky and fortunate. And uh, for me, I feel better about Christmas when I'm doing giving to the Salvation Army, the local yes. food bank, yes. uh, and to people who who really need something for Christmas. So for to me, I prefer to give than to get for Christmas or to receive. That's yes. how I should have said it. Yes. Agreed. Okay. Uh, Kelly, I was going to say, first question I wanted to ask you, can you tell my audience here in the Toronto area just a little bit about yourself? And uh, when did you decide to become a master transformation coach uh, for women in face, fitness, and mindset? Sure. So I started in 2008. I opened up a boot camp business because I wanted to just work out with women and make them feel good in their bodies. And it was an amazing experience. I had hundreds of women come through my fitness classes. And as my business evolved, I noticed they needed more than just a workout. So I went and got certified as a nutritionist, teaching them how to take care of their bodies from the inside out, which is more important, and how to be healthy in that way. And I really just noticed after that, that they were working out, doing their workouts religiously. They were eating pretty good, but they were lacking something. And that was their thinking, their thoughts about themselves. So I realized that they didn't believe in themselves. They would rip their bodies apart still. Their self-esteem wasn't really great. They didn't have a lot of confidence. And that's where I really wanted to focus in on mindset work with them. So I started creating coaching programs where we could really talk about the fun foundation of their belief system. Like what are they believing about themselves? Why are they believing these things? We can work out all day and be in great shape, yet we're not happy. So my coaching programs really evolved from, and this is a quick pitch, but starting into fitness and teaching classes and giving workouts to the nutrition, to really helping women, particularly women I've been working with, and just helping them really create faith in themselves that they can they can do all things if they actually believe in themselves and stop believing the lies or comparing themselves to other people. So I really like to work on that part in my coaching programs now, which a big aspect of that is having faith. So I am faith-based and that is the foundation of my business, of my book and my podcast. And the, my brand is called Now Addicted to the Climb. And addicted to the climb, I really want to create a movement for people to partner up with God so they can climb higher in their life, in their health, in all areas, because it's very hard to do life alone. You can be married, you can have a million friends, but when you lay your head down at night, it's you and your thoughts. So I try to teach and enforce, if you have a strong faith, you can go further. And so that's that's really what my my coaching right now revolves around. When you first started up your business, Kelly, were there any, were there some challenges to get to starting up a business? Like I'm sort of doing with my own podcast and media work. 
Definitely. There's always challenges. And for me, I'm going to tell you one big challenge that I went through. That when I decided to start my boot camp business a month, two months before I opened the doors, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So that was a big challenge for me because I had to make a choice. Am I either going to keep going and or am I going to sit in my pity party and go through you know, the, the negative thinking that the cancer was trying to talk to me. And so that was very challenging, but I did make a decision to keep going. And of course, many other challenges, you don't know who's going to show up. You don't know if they're going to like your program. You go through all those thoughts, but I say without a challenge, you're not going to change. You're not going to grow. And you have to, if you believe in your product, what you're doing, that's all you need for that green light to just say, go and bet on yourself and take the steps you need to take and, and block out all the rest of the noise because we can, you know, be challenged every single moment in our business. I mean, even when I was writing my book, I was like, who's going to buy my book? Are they even going to like it? If I really stop and focused on those thoughts, I probably wouldn't have my book out today, but you have to really block that noise zone in on what your end goal is and just keep going no matter what obstacles happen. We're always going to have challenges. We're always going to have setbacks. There's always going to be naysayers or people saying, why are you doing that? Who no, you know, no one cares, but it's all about your belief system. If you believe you can, then you will. And you're just going to be consistent, keep going and, and you will get there. Absolutely. Now, uh, Kelly, when you were a breast cancer survivor, what else also helped you beat cancer? Did, obviously, having a strong support system as mm -hmm. well it does help as well. My faith got me through every step of the way. I grew up a Christian in my, in my household. My mom really taught me to always lean on my faith no matter what because we're always going to have unexpected things happen in our life, adversity. We're all going to go through similar things, death and cancer diagnosis and disease, things like that affect most families. But I grew up with a very strong rooted faith that if you just stay close to God, he will take care of you. And that really helps my mind, ease my mind, knowing that God's got me no matter what. I don't know the outcome of what's going to happen with this diagnosis, but I really just had to believe that I had to keep going, keep my faith strong, that I'll get through it. And that's really what I did. I just kept waking up, showing up every single day. And I wanted the women I was leading to see me do that as well. So I really, it, it really was when I had my boot camp business, it really was a two-way street for me. They were helping me in as much as I was helping them get healthy. So it was a beautiful blessing for me in the end. When I look back, one thing I have to admit, I, I probably could use a little more face in my life too. And uh, one one other word you mentioned too is mindset. Your 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 mindset or your mind is very powerful, and it can stop you before even before you start a, a career before anyone else can. So and and they am blocking out noise as well because mm -hmm. I've heard some. I've had a lot of support, Kelly, but I've also heard a lot of noise and people that are non-believers and naysayers and. Uh, you know what I uh, for myself, I use it as motivation as more fuel to prove people wrong as well. Mm, I love that. And I agree because, you know, we are powered by our thoughts every single moment. We I think there's 80,000 thoughts that we all think a day. That's that's a lot of thinking. And if our minds are so cluttered with things that aren't serving us or we're tuning into the wrong things that aren't fueling our spirit, fueling our minds. We're going to go down. Honestly, like I don't even know how else to put that. We'll we'll go down. We'll stay in a pity party. We'll we won't have belief in ourselves. That's why our faith has to be so strong, our foundation of faith. And listen, I've been walking with God for a long time, but it doesn't matter where God, it doesn't matter how long that you've been walking with God. It's your belief that he will help you to that next level. He will hold your hand while you walk through your journey in life. And that's all you need. They, in the Bible, it says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, 
God will get you through. So that's all you need is a little bit of faith because our thoughts can take us down if we allow them to. So every moment we have decisions to make, am I going to listen to these thoughts? I always say we have two angels on both shoulders, the good one and the bad one. One is always trying to take us down, talk negative, tear us apart. The other one we have to zone into more, which is uplifting. God wants us to have peace and joy and gratitude and patience. And those are the, that's the thinking that I want. So I urge everyone to listen, uh, that's listening right now, to power in to your good thoughts. I, and you know, Chris, because I've said this before, I feel we have, we actually have a plug and we're either plugged into the good or we plug ourselves into the bad. You have to cho choose. And that's how you'll grow and feel empowered every single day. If you plug yourself into positive thinking, listen into positive podcasts, watching more positive shows on TV, everything we take in comes out in some way. So we have to be aware of that. Surround yourself with positive people as well. And that includes family members as well. And I'll be honest, Kelly, for a long time, my other career, I was, I'm not going to mention the name of the company. I've moved on from them, but it was a toxic environment. And uh, right now I'm making a little bit of less money than I was before, but I'm actually a happier person. And doing this podcast show, which was a kind of a fluke thing a couple of years ago, I was at the right place at the right time, has really changed my life. And uh, I love sharing my stories and hearing my guest stories. And uh, it's really changed my life. And uh, one of my uh, uh, viewers is watching Edward Ford, who I've had him on my show. Uh, he just wrote in, I agree 1000%. Sometimes we go through different challenges than others, but it's still a challenge. It, it is still a challenge, Edward. But our mind, we have to treat our minds like our muscles. We have to work on our mindset every single day like we would work on our bodies in the gym. If we want to have a strong, healthy mindset, we have to put the work in every single day to make that happen. Or else, like we said, other things will take over. Other people's thinking actually will take over. And like you just said, Chris, if we're surrounded with toxicity or in the wrong crowds, and they're just mediocre going through life. They don't want to see you elevate. That's where you have to remove yourself. Be around people that are uplifting, cheering you on. They want to see you win because that's how you will win. I believe community is absolutely the key to our growth and our success and our healthy mindsets. Because listen, I wasn't always like this. I did things alone for a long time and I didn't go anywhere. I felt very lonely. I didn't feel as fulfilled until I made a decision. I need to be around people that are going to level me up, level up my thinking, elevate me in different ways. So if you're finding yourself alone right now and you're challenged, find those people that latch on to one person that's a few steps ahead of you. And, and I'm telling you, that's your start because life is challenging, but you're stronger in the end. You are. Absolutely. And uh, the last couple of years, I've uh, met so many positive, supportive people, what I'm doing. I've had guests on I didn't think would ever give me the time of day. And I'm uh, taking more chances and risks and learning more things the last three years, Kelly, than I did the last 25, 30 years. When I was younger, I was just kind of scared to do anything different and just be content with what I'm doing. And, uh, mm -hmm. I, and, and, and I love learning new things and meeting new people. And, um, uh, and being around positive people as well. And uh, Edwards just commented again, and that's why we're, and that's why I wear and who I work with. And yeah, that's true too. Um, where you work is important as well mm -hmm. um, to surround yourself with people that are positive and stuff. Cause like I said, a uh, toxic environment really can affect you mentally and also physically. And I probably put on weight from it as well from the stress. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Stress can do numbers on your body and on your mind. So I agree. We have to remove ourselves. It really takes work. You have to become aware of your surrounding. I think like what you said, people just go through life in mundane lives and their day-to-day -day things. They don't change things. We get very comfortable living comfortable. But I say, 
Take in discomfort as your friend, not your enemy. Don't fight against being uncomfortable. You don't know what's on the other side. It's just the same for me. If I didn't take a chance and start my podcast, which I was scared. I'm not going to say I wasn't. I was. My voice was shaking in my first podcast episode. Wow. I, even my, my first 10 episodes, I didn't know who was going to listen. I didn't even know really how I was going to get this out to the world. But I knew that I had a message that just like you, I wanted to meet people. I wanted to hear their conversations. I wanted to hear how others are elevating their own lives. So I could then take that information for myself and learn from them and take those steps that they're doing. Because you know what I say? Why not me? If other people are doing great and big things in life, we're no different. Every We're all born with greatness. We are all born to thrive, not just survive. But we need to believe it. We need to have big, bold faith. And we need to believe in ourselves that we can do what other people are doing instead of comparing ourselves, saying, well, they're just, they have that, they have more friends and they have this. That's not true. That's a story we tell ourselves because I told myself the same story. Until I stopped, made a decision, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to write the book. I'm going to take the next step. I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. That's when things started happening for me. So we really need to be aware of all that stuff in order to move forward and go higher in life. Well said, Kelly. I couldn't say any better. And I'm hoping one day maybe to even write a book uh, from being a security guard for 24 years into being a radio personality. And I also want to write a story about being 50 is not a liability. It's actually an asset with my life experience yes. and, and, the, and the skills and stuff like that as well. Yes, that is so true. I'm almost 50. And you know what? I I feel so... I haven't felt this confident and so because of just what you said, we have so much more wisdom than we had when we were 30. We have so many more life experiences and that's a beautiful thing. Being 50, we're just getting going. I feel like I'm just starting and I'm excited about what's next, the next chapter. I, there's no slowing down here, over here. I'm addicted to the climb and I can tell that you are too. Well, thank you. And I, you know what, to be honest, I don't think I would have been ready for this, even though I had a passion for sports and talking to people back in my 20s. I don't think I was I would have been ready for this. And, and I do believe things happen for a reason. And I was at the right place at the right time a few years ago, which led to this podcast. And, and now I'm doing TV side and the radio side and I'm doing uh, digital writing. I'm doing live interviews. So I'm trying to learn as much as I can every day. And, and I really have a passion for this. Mm, it's so exciting. I think the most exciting things are the unknowns. I mean, my mindset has changed drastically. I always wanted to know what's going to happen. What's the outcome? What am I What am I getting myself into? Now, I always say the joy, my joy is found in the journey of what I'm doing because I don't know the outcome. I don't know how it's going to go. But if I fall, if I fail, the only thing I do know is I'm going to pick myself back up and try again. And that's really all we can do. We have to look at, we might fail and that's okay. What did you learn from that? Maybe you start a podcast and it doesn't go the way you expected. Okay, well, maybe you're supposed to be writing a book instead. You know, so you have to try. It, you, you will never know until you take that step and just try. And that's really being almost 50. Those are some of the life lessons I've learned that I'm so grateful that I took a chance on myself because nobody's going to hand you anything in life. No one's going to hand you a podcast, a title, the work that you put in. You have to work for it. And I know so many people say, oh, I wish and look at them and they're so successful. Well, what are you doing? What steps are you taking? Are you stepping out of that comfort zone or are you just wishing and hoping? Because Chris and I, we're not wishing and hoping, we're doing. And action speaks louder than words. So it all comes down to taking action every day, being committed being disciplined to do what you said you would do and following through. And then community, finding people that will lock arms with you to get you to that next level. So I can talk about this all day. Well said. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe about three years ago, I was one of those guys that was 
why can't this happen? Why, why, why? But now the last three years, I've changed my mindset. My mindset is why not me? Why not Chris yes. Pome? Why not CDP? And uh, for the most part, most people have been supportive. And uh, and you're right, rejection is a part of life. And if you do get rejected, which I have already a few times in radio jobs, you don't quit. You you get back up. And you keep working and to keep learning, keep improving, and see what 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 wrong at that why you got rejected there. It's it's a part of the it's a part of life, part of the industry. And um, I think the only true failure in life is never even trying. Oh yes, amen to that. And you know, back on the rejection, one of my good friends has taught me. She just always says this little phrase, and I love it so much. It really resonates with me when I really think about it. But when we are rejected. Rejection is only a redirection to something else to try to go, you know, something better, perhaps. So never take rejection as failure. Take it as, okay, it's a stepping stool to try something new, to be redirected to something better. And that's how we have to think. Again, looking at it, the glass half full, not, oh, I was rejected. Oh, I'm going to stop. And that's it. I quit. I'm throwing the towel in. You'll be in the same place you are in three months, in one year, and five years from now, if that's your attitude. So I love that. Edward Ford, who's uh, one of my friends, and he's also a news producer in Hartford, he just wrote, uh, when I took my first job out of college, I was scared too. I had no idea if I'd make it. Then I found out the culture was negative. I made a change and moved to another news station, and then I got a dozen other offers from bigger and higher news markets, including New York City and Washington, D.C. Wow. Amazing. Congratulations. See, it, it all comes down to knowing something's not right. He said, I knew the culture was negative. And I think a lot of people would stay in that spot. They do. because they I was were, guilty of it. I was guilty were, of it. Yeah. Yes. For many and years. A lot of us, a lot of us do that because again, it's comfortable. We have a job. Why would we leave? I mean, it's a big challenge to step out. You're fearful. We all have fear, but then he took the chance on himself and look at how the outcome was so much better. I try to tell my, my coaching clients, you know, if you feel stuck, if your life is just stagnant, that means you got to move. You have to do something, take some kind of action. We can't run the crazy cycle over and over and over. You're going to, first of all, feel exhausted and frustrated and stressed out. And that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to thrive and live an abundant life in a fulfilling life. So if we're not betting on ourselves, taking chances, we won't see those options. So congratulations, Edward. Awesome. And, and he was just wrote again, falling down and not getting back up is the devil winning. And I refuse to let that happen. And I think we've all in some point in our lives, including me recently have fallen down, but you have to get back up. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and that's, that's the way you have to do it in life. You got to get back up. You can't just stay down. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Are you still good? Are you still good for a little bit more time, Kelly? I am. Okay. Um, where did you attend school and did you have any mentor or mentors uh, when you were in school or now in the last 15 years starting your own business up? So I love this question because my biggest mentor in my life was my mother from birth. I'm an only child. She she taught me everything I needed to know from relationships, friendships, marriage, real life lessons that I cherish to this day. I lost her 5 years ago, but I'm sorry. That, that thank you. But she, what a mentor she was. She really made an imprint on on my life, on my heart. Everything the woman I am today was because of all the things she taught me and the way she led by example. She was just such a faithful woman, yet she struggled with rheumatoid arthritis from her head to her toes. So she was pretty much crippled, but she always had a smile on her face. She never backed down. She was ready to go every single day. And it just taught me, that's where, where I learned that giving up is never an option. So I didn't necessarily have a college mentor. I did go to school at UMass Amherst. I studied ch early childhood and Spanish. I went to Spain. I wanted to learn the language. and But my mom was truly a, my mentor that really was the foundation for everything in my life. And now in my business, 
over the last few years, I do have coaches and mentors. I am in an elite mentorship program right now for nine months. So I believe in having a coach no matter what, because there are things we don't know on our own, or we need, again, to be with people that are a few steps ahead of us so we can lock arms with them, so we can learn from them. Having a coach and a mentor can get you to your goal faster than if you try to do it alone. That's something I know firsthand because I, I was stuck in my business thinking I can do everything. I'm going to do it all myself. I don't need anybody. And guess what? My business didn't grow for like three to five years. I was in the same place. I was happy, but I it wasn't growing like other people's businesses until I hired a coach, until I got a mentor. That's when everything changed for me. So I truly am so passionate about that. I love having a mentor. That's why I usually ask this with my guests uh, most of the time as well, because I think it is important. Uh, and um, I don't technically have a mentor right now, but I've had people in the uh, sports industry, broadcasting industry, uh, give me some advice or tips. Mm -hmm. And I've used that to try to improve my show. When I first started this, Kelly, I wasn't very good. Uh, I had I couldn't get guests on and and people thought I should give up and I never did. Guys gave me some advice. I started getting one guest on, and then it led to a whole bunch. And then I, I, I scripted everything when I first started this as well. And one of the guys from the Toronto Raptors, uh, Eric Smith, told me, he goes, talk to me like you're at an arena or at a coffee shop because um, it's okay to write things down for your podcast. But when you're talking to your guests, natural conversation makes for even a better podcast show as well. I, I agree. When I first started my podcast, Chris, I had it scripted. I had notes in front of me and I'm reading, how did you get through? <laughs> it was like, you know, because you're nervous, you're starting something new. And I agree. Oh, I've been podcasting now for a few years and I love just having real conversations with people. So it, it just flows better. I think scripted is just, um, it's not real. And you want your shows to be real conversations. That's why you bring guests on like this. So I love that. But we all make the same mistakes. You know, we all start somewhere and that's okay. Yes. You have to start somewhere and right. uh, reps too. It's like anything in life. The more you do something, the more you improve. It's yes. like with camera work. I had never done camera work on TV before. And in a couple of years I've gone from doing camera work and now they have me doing graphics and doing replay. And, 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 and what I love about the broadcasting media industry as well, there's always something new to learn every day. And I loved to learn. I do too. I love to learn. And that's, where you're that's why you're successful because you're constantly learning i love that and meeting new people every day as yes. well like i said this podcast show i've uh, i've made a i've made a lot of new connections kelly but i've also made some new friendships as well mm -hmm. the same for me that's how that's what i'm saying if you find yourself alone or you're like well kelly i don't have a group of people i can rely on you have to go out and find them there's facebook groups you can reach out to people. That when I started, I was afraid in the beginning, I will admit, to reach out to people because I'm like, why are they going to talk to me? They don't know me. But the more I did it, I just stepped out. I stepped in faith and not fear because I had a, a goal in mind. I wanted to have a podcast. I wanted to have a successful podcast and bring on some good people. So you just have to step out, ask for what you want. That's my... That's my biggest yep. tip. Ask for what you want. If you don't go after it, somebody else will, and you'll be stuck. So just go for it. Just like you, Chris. I mean, you keep, you asked me and we met on LinkedIn. Yes. So, and, and, and I said, yes, right away, because I love building relationships. I love meeting new people as well. That's why we're on social media, right? It's, it should be why we're on, not just to boast about ourselves or to, talk about all the things we're doing. I feel like social media should be a social place for people to build community. And that's really why I love LinkedIn so much. It's building relationships and meeting people to see what you have in common. What can we do? How can we support each other? Right? And like we spoke before we went live, um, everyone always talks about the negative aspects of social media and technology. But if you use it 
properly like a right tool, like a good proper tool, it is a good tool. It's not always negative. Everybody always, I find, still focuses on too much negative, but this technology has changed. It's changed my life. It's changed your life. And mm -hmm. I've met, I've even had guests on from Australia, 10,000 miles away, and it's just mm -hmm. amazing. So the internet has its negatives, but there are a lot of positives as yes. well. Agree. Agree. And we have to use it for positive. Absolutely. Um, just a couple more questions I wanted to ask you, Kelly. This one I had to ask you. What 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 was the process like of writing your first book, Addicted to the Climb? And uh, yeah, I, I guess I already answered the other part of this question. I should have rewarded it. But what was the process like of writing your own book, Addicted to the Climb? And how satisfying was it when you saw it published? Oh, my gosh. In incredible. So the process took me about two years, maybe a little more, because my book is really th about 30 personal stories I wrote just to help people strengthen them with courage and hope and faith that if I can get through the things I've gotten through, they can too. We have to keep climbing no matter what. So I really just wanted to share my stories. And with the process of writing, I, I would just sit down and write from my heart. And it took me a little longer because there were days I didn't feel like I wasn't structured. I know some people can write a book in four to five months, but I took my time. I wanted my stories to be the right stories. And I just said to myself, I'm writing my book for my family, my two kids and my husband. That's it. I didn't think about anything else. I didn't really put my thoughts into Who's going to buy my book? Of course, that ran through my mind, but I really wrote my book to share with my family. And I think if you're passionate about sharing something, because stories, we all need stories so we can relate to one another and say, wow, she got through that or he got through that. Wow, look at the life, he, his journey through life. If he's here and started here, I can do the same thing then. And that's really what my book is all about. And so I was really fired up every time I wrote my stories and then I just put it all together and it was the most incredible experience having my first copy in my hand. It really, you want to know something funny? I never was a writer. So actually I'm going to tell you a little um, secret. I didn't even like to, you know, how you write papers in college. I used to have my friends write my papers because I hated writing. I hated writing all the way up until probably a couple of years before I wrote my book. And so for me to have this book is truly an accomplishment because I didn't even know I had that in me, but I just started and I got so excited about the stories that I was going to share. So I kept going and going and I was so passionate about it, but it was, it was tough in the beginning. And then you get into your groove and you know that I just know for me, when I say I'm going to do something, I do want to follow through and finish no matter what. So as messy as I took messy action, and that's my advice to you, Chris, if you're going to write a book, don't feel everything has to be perfect because it doesn't. I have, I don't even know how many errors are in my book, but there are, and I'm okay with it because it's done. I always say done is better than not done in wishing it was done. So get it done, Chris. I'll be waiting to hear if you write your book. And I, I can relate to you as well. When I was in high school and college, I hated writing. I wasn't very good at it. But since I've started a career in media and started doing podcasting and doing camera work, I decided I'm going to start doing digital stories from sporting events I cover. And, and, and now the more I write, the more comfortable I feel. And I think I am more improving. And I think the more you can do as well is the more it makes you more valuable as a, as a, as a asset. If, if I want to get into the radio industry or even make this into a full-time business for myself. I agree. And like you said, you keep saying the word repetition. And honestly, the more you do something, exactly, the better you will get at it. The more it will, it's going to be hard in the beginning. It's like if you just jumped into a gym, you don't even know what you're doing. That's, it's, you're fearful. You don't know what you're doing. But the more you go to the gym, you learn a few machines, just like you open the notebook, you start writing. It might not be perfect, but the more you do it, you will get better. And if you're consistent enough, 
you'll get even better. So it really is about repetition, doing things over and over and over until you get great at it. And that will happen. Absolutely. Uh, Edward, uh, this is his last comment, I think. Uh, within the last few weeks, I've talked to college students and recently graduating college that were that are looking for work in the broadcasting industry. They said it was so helpful and contacted me back. One connected with me and we talked over the phone about which job she would take and why I used my experience to help them. And, and that's important too, mentoring and giving guidance to people that are looking to get in the industry. And uh, I've been very lucky because a lot of people haven't looked at me and say, oh, what's this 50-year-old man doing? They've been, most of the majority of the people have been very supportive, including Edward Ford, who's been on my podcast three times. Wow. Amazing. Absolutely. And um, there's something else I was going to ask you. Okay. I should have wrote it down, but now I remembered. Where can my audience, uh, if they're interested in your book, find your book? My book is Addicted to the Climb and it's on Amazon. I also have my website, kellytyan.com. They can find me on LinkedIn, Kelly Tyan, and Instagram and Facebook. It's all just kept my name, Kelly Tyan. Oh, so when did you start up the level of, of Boston? And, and can you just tell us a little bit about that as well? Sure. That was um, a women's conference that I ran and hosted in Boston. And that was 2018 and uh, 2019. Oh my gosh, time is flying. And it was just a big women's conference on how to level up in life, how women can get to that next level. We talked about mindset and habits and whole health, because it's all about whole health from the inside out. So we had five speakers and they were amazing. It was just a full day conference for women to come in and feel empowered by other women and their stories of how they rose to the top in their careers and how, you know, they gave them tactical tools and strategies. And we all spoke about different steps women can take to just keep leveling up in life. It was amazing. What was it like also to be featured on ABC, Natural Muscle Magazine, and Oxygen, along with other publications? Amazing. What was that like? That was another incredible, incredible experience. So I don't know if you know, but I used to compete in fitness competitions, and I became a four-time national bikini champion. So it was such just an amazing experience. I can't even think of another word. And um, I, I loved every minute of that journey. It taught me really about self-discipline and commitment. It's not just walking on stage. I had to put in 16, uh, 16 weeks at a time for each competition, be super disciplined and dedicated in what I was doing to get to the stage. And then winning all the titles, I just um, met so many people along the way in the exposure. It really just catapulted my fitness business at that point. And it was, I'm truly grateful for it because I met a lot of people in the fitness industry, in the health industry, and they actually helped me get to where I am today. My next goal, by the way, uh, right now I'm working on a career in radio, but my next goal is I need to lose weight. I've done it in the past. But the hard part is not the losing aspect of the weight. It is to maintain it and keep it. Because during the pandemic, um, I had lost the weight. And then during the two-year shutdown here in Canada, I put on the weight again. So that's something I'm battling with uh, is the weight. I want to lose maybe 30, 35 pounds just for myself. I can help better. you. Oh, uh, I definitely, I, and I, I am seeing a nutritionist, but the, it's just, for me, I have, I've given up a lot of stuff, but it's just the hard part is the discipline, mm -hmm. discipline to stay focused every day because it's an everyday battle uh, with uh, weight loss. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you really have to want it more than you fear it. And don't be afraid of going on a plan that's going to get you to where you need to be, but you have to really want it. So you got to start when you're really ready don't start when you're like wishy-washy, be full ready to fully ready to commit. And I have, so in my business, I do my, my, a lot of coaching for women, but I also have another avenue in my business is in the nutrition. And I put a lot of men and women 
I work with a program that I, a 30 day program that I use. It's phenomenal. It is phenomenal for weight loss and just helping you get your energy back, getting refocused and the weight falls off. My husband's on it. I mean, I have so many people on it, so we can chat. Definitely. And uh, I'm going to wrap this up uh, with this question. Uh, how much of an impact has faith in your life? How much is that? How much of an impact has faith had in your life and others you've come across? And where can my audience uh, follow you on social media again and your website? And uh, when is your podcast on weekly or is it bi-weekly show? My podcast, Addicted to the Climb, is every Monday. I drop a new episode so you can tune in on all the podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, all of them. And um, my faith, oh man, my, I, I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have a strong faith. So faith is the foundation of everything I do in life. Um, it's, it's just who I am. I, I don't know how I would take a another step forward without faith because fear definitely has tried to take me down in many instances but I really believe so strongly in God that I'm going to go for it no matter what. So faith is definitely the cornerstone, the foundation of who I am. They can find me on social. Any social platform is my name, Kelly Tyen, my website, Kelly Tyen, and Addicted to the Climb is my book. Kelly, I was going to say thank you so much for coming on live with CDP Sports Talk today, Season 5, Episode 10. This is my 229th episode mm -hmm. since March 2020, and uh, I really appreciate you giving us some time today. And uh, you have an open invite uh, to come back on my show again in the future if you would like as well. Thank you so much, Chris. I enjoyed this conversation so much. I really just pray people feel empowered by this, everything we talked about, and just start building a strong faith. Absolutely. And if you can give me a little bit of time, I will have this downloaded to audio platforms, and I will send you a link to us as well. Perfect. Thank you. Have a great day, Kelly. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas yes. and a Happy New Year. And uh, we'll definitely continue to keep in touch with you on LinkedIn and social media platforms as well. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you, Thank Chris. You. Thank you, Kelly. Have a great day. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed my podcast today. Uh, season 5, Episode 10 with Kelly uh, Tyen. She is a Master Transformation Coach for Women in Face, Fitness, and Mindset. And she's also the author of the book called The Addictive to Climb, which is available on Amazon. And she is also the host of her own weekly podcast show, Addicted to the Climb as well. Uh, before we wrap up this podcast show, guys, I just have a little bit of news here. And I'm going to put it on here just one second. Um, it's kind of some sad news, but I just want to uh, put it on here. I hope everyone is doing well. And um, just bear with me, guys. I have so many, so much graphics on here. But um, just one second. I'm just going to put on the picture, too, uh, for this. But um, it's sad news. Uh, I, I'd like to do a moment of silence for um, uh, Barry Cullen, uh, who passed away recently at the age of 87. Uh, Barry Cullen was the owner and founder of Barry Cullen Chevrolet here in Guelph since 1969. And Barry Cullen was also a former uh, NHL player with Toronto Maple Leafs from 55 to 59 and with the Detroit Red Wings from 59 to 60. And he also spent three years in the American Hockey League with the uh, Buffalo Bisons. Again, uh, rest in peace to Barry Cullen and my deepest sympathies uh, to the Cullen family and to the Barry Cullen uh, Chevrolet dealership here in Guelph. Again, uh, my deepest sympathies to the Cullen family uh, for the passing away of Barry Cullen, uh, 1935 to 2022 as well. And uh, I, I want to also say thank you to the Barry Cullen, uh, Barry Cullen Chevrolet dealership uh, for sponsoring this podcast uh, this year as well. 
Also, guys, some other sad news uh, today. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, legendary running back uh, Franco Harris passed away today at the age of 72. And they are to the Steelers this Saturday night are taking on the Raiders on the 50th year of the Immaculate Reception at Old Three River Stadiums in Pittsburgh. And they're going to retire his number 32. And um, it's a sad day for old Pittsburgh Steelers fans and football fans as well. And before I wrap this show up, guys, I'm going to show you guys a little clip of uh, Franco Harris uh, from the NFL Films uh, YouTube channel. Bear with me. In NFL history, Franco Harris began his pro football career as the Pittsburgh Steelers' number one pick in the 1972 NFL Draft. A mainstay in the Steelers' backfield, Franco led Pittsburgh to eight division championships, four conference titles, and four Super Bowl victories. The 6'2", 230-pound Hall of Fame back was a versatile big yardage runner and a key component in the powerful Pittsburgh offensive machine that mowed down and maligned would-be defenders at will. Harris came along at a time when big backs and ball control were in, and establishing a ground game was standard procedure for success. Harris had all the tangibles of lure. A complete back, replete with both vision and short area burst, cementing himself as a superstar after rushing for more than 1,000 yards in eight seasons, a record formerly held by the legendary Jim Brown. At the line of scrimmage, Franco made elusiveness look elegant. In his 13 seasons, Harris rushed for 12,120 yards and 91 touchdowns. His career rushing total ranked as the third highest mark in pro football history at the time of his retirement. However, Harris's most memorable moment came when he was on the receiving end of one of the most famous passes in NFL history, the Immaculate Reception. It is fourth down, still 10 to go. Pittsburgh ball in their own 40-yard line, 22 seconds left to play. And your first put it in the air. Back goes Bradshaw. He's looking. He's in trouble back there. He rolls out to the right. He looks. He throws deep, and it is routed away. The iconic play gave the Steelers their first ever playoff win and acted as the Big Bang catalyst that transformed Pittsburgh into an NFL dynasty. From the time Bradshaw threw the ball, everything is just, just a blur. Before I knew it, I'm up and running. Franco really showed us that we could win because before Franco, we did not win. From that day forward, Harris always seemed to be at his best when the stakes were highest. Franco Harris has become the first player in Super Bowl history to score three touchdowns in three Super Bowls. So he now has scored 17 touchdowns in postseason play, which adds to his own NFL record. When someone tells me that uh, the regular season game is the same as the championship game, not to me it isn't. Big game, there was no one better than Franco. No one. Harris's exploits made him a folk legend, so much so that he inspired the unforgettable fan club, Franco's Italian Army. You want to see the killer from Cleveland today? Right here. We've got the Italian That's whammy. The big red pepper, Italian whammy. We put it on. That means Cleveland can't do nothing. Is the army here? Huh? <laughs> Well, that brings back great memories. <laughs> Franco was such a beloved figure that a permanent statue of him was erected next to George Washington 
at the Pittsburgh National Airport. One of the most popular Steelers of all time, Harris will forever be missed in the Steel City. This clip was courtesy of the National Football League channel and um, the NFL as well. So, anyways, again, uh, rest in peace to Franco Harris. Uh, and the Steelers are going to retire his number 32 this Saturday night against the Raiders at uh, the stadium formerly known as Heinz Stadium. They changed the name of it. Uh, Chris, I have to look that up, but uh, the Steelers and Raiders, uh, 815 on the NFL Network, and they will do a special ceremony with the late, uh, late, uh, late Franco Harris's family and retire his number 32. Uh, one of the greatest uh, running backs in NFL history, uh, one of the greatest Steelers of all time, and the Immaculate Reception is one of the greatest players in NFL football history as well. Again, I want to say thank you to my guest today, Kelly Tynan, a master transformation coach for women in faith, fitness, and mindset. And also, she's a host of her own podcast show called Addicting to the Climb. Uh, it's available on all uh, platforms where podcasts are. And she's also the author of her new book called The Addicted to the Climb, which is available on, on Amazon or on, on her website, kellytynan.com as well. I hope you guys can tune in to my next show. Next live with CDP Sports Talk is today. Uh, I'll reword this again. The next live with CDP Sports Talk is, is going to be this afternoon, Wednesday, December 21st at 1.45 p.m. with uh, Tom Burgoyne. He's the uh, best friend of the Philly Fanatic. And he's been playing that character for 34. This is going to be a 35th season this year. So I'm looking forward to speaking to Tom about his uh, career as a Philly fanatic and also being a part of the Philadelphia Phillies organization since 1989. So I hope you guys can tune in this afternoon, 145 with my guest, Tom Burgoyne, uh, the best friend of the Philly fanatic. And we're going to talk about the Philly fanatic. And we're going to talk about Philadelphia Phillies and some of his memories of Veterans Stadium, Citizens Bank Park, and also of the late Harry Karras and uh, Richie Ashburn, and also the longtime public address announcer for the Phillies, Dan Baker, since 1972. And also about that Phillies team this year that went on the magical playoff run to the World Series where they lost to the Astros in six games. So please uh, check out uh, my show with Tom this afternoon at 1.45 here live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Twitch. And I want to say thank you to everybody watching this podcast show live or on my audio platforms as well. Uh, I'm just going to put that on right here, and then we'll wrap this up. Live with CDP podcast, the audio version is always downloaded to iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox, LinkedIn, Stitcher, TunedIn, and Podbean as well. Again, I want to say thank you to Kelly Tyen for coming on live with CDP Sports Talk. Again, brought to you by Barry Collin Chevrolet, 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out barrycollin.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles as well, or give them a call, 519-824-0210 as well. That's about it, guys. Uh, I thank you again to Kelly for coming on and everyone for watching and listening to this podcast show, and I will download this podcast show uh, audio, the audio version later on this afternoon as well. So please tune in to my next show at 1.45 today with Tom Bygone, by, uh, Burgon, um, the best friend of the Philly fanatic. And uh, I'm really looking forward to talking to one of the world's most famous mascots as well. So have a great afternoon, everybody. And we'll see you guys in about an hour and 15 minutes with Tom Bygone, uh the Philly fanatic. Uh, again, thank you to Kelly Tyen for coming on live with CDP Podcast. Talk to you guys soon.